Hi, hello, and welcome to Oh Boy, the podcast presented by Man Repeller. I'm your host, Jay Bume, and today's guest is Garant Sturay, photographer, illustrator, and author of the new book, Love, Style, Life. This one's a little on the long side since I had such a damn good time having a conversation with her. Also wanted to mention that you can keep up with her on her site, GarantStaray.com, if you aren't already. Okay, let's get into it. I love the shirt you're wearing. I used to go to Cape May every summer. Isn't it so cute? I've never been. I don't even know what it is. But okay, I'm... Cape May is like one of the most magical places in the world. It's really? Like, so Cape May is the most southern town in New Jersey. That's oh. where I grew up. I grew up in New Jersey. Oh. So we would always go there with my folks like every summer yeah. to like Wildwood. And then we would go to Cape May and it's this magical place. Oh, that's so Just cool. like delicious food, awesome beaches, like old Victorian go. homes and stuff. Re- I was born the 1st of May and I really identify with the month of May yeah. a lot. And so yeah. when I... I want. I always like this kind of old sweater, <laughs> and when I saw it, I was like. And when this morning when I put it, I was like, yeah, almost there. Except now, I I don't really want to be in May because I'm turning older. <laughs> older is better. It's better. Until it's not. <laughs> <laughs> it's magical in that, like you know, there's a place that's been making fudge for like a hundred and something years, and uh, they just they give you free fudge and. Oh my god. <laughs> That's pretty magic. In I'm my gonna book. go. Yeah, like good seafood, all that stuff. Mm. Yeah, mm. I'm gonna take Chris. He likes that. Yeah, you guys. Should Can go. you fish there? Yeah. Boom. You you should send me a whole your list. Yes. And then we'll do a post on the blog. I and totally like a, can. Your would... Cape May city guide. <laughs> um yeah you know there's like old like 50s diners and stuff oh, that just have like the jukeboxes at each table you that's know? so funny because like chris my boyfriend he yeah. loves that kind of stuff uh-huh. i'm i like it i think sometimes it's like a little bit um over emotionalized where you actually go and the food is horrible and the service right. is like crappy and it's dirty <laughs> but uh <laughs> you know what i mean i do yeah but i i like the idea and actually for me as a french person it makes me feel like i'm in an american movie mm-hmm. so it's cool but i think i was too i have been too trained to go to these like american places that looked like they're old but they're not right right yeah, yeah, yeah. and so then you like use that everything is like looks cool but it's super clean and the food is no perfect. this is you all know, real that, yeah, deal exactly this is and, like, this and is chris always want. says like i love this it's really down earth real um i don't know he has a three thousand expression to say the same thing but it means basically like it's the real deal yeah yeah so <laughs> uh so where did, where did you grow up are we are we recording oh yeah, yeah. we've been recording <laughs> all the time we just ease right into this i know i do that too i try to trick people well, it's <laughs> that thing, right? it's, well, no because like when i'm filming right you yeah. know the best stuff i get is when people don't know of you're filming course. when people are just being themselves yeah you know and like sometimes like yeah. once you hit so record, now i'm gonna people, now okay well so now, now like let's get professional now now i'm, I'm gonna, gonna be my up. professional yeah. self hi <laughs> yes i love everything (laughs) and everybody's great and everybody's great i have a lot of projects and we've been doing great where so where did you grow up okay i grew up in a place that's really cool that's called corsica it's an island it's an island yeah yeah and i i was living almost in an island in the island because my dad had a restaurant in a village that is so tiny that there is no road to get there Oh wow! So, so how do you get there by by boat. by walking or you by bo- boat? You, or? you boat, and then when the weather is crappy, you walk for two or three hours. You <laughs> and carry people would your make shit. the journey. Well, you know, people won't 
won't go to the restaurant like bad days it's just no boats coming people right. will come to the restaurant with their boats or like on you know those big like tourist boats and if if the weather was shitty they wouldn't come what kind, wait what kind of food is it was it um or is it still there seafood yeah. well there is a smaller version now my brother took over and it's a funny story because my dad had like the biggest more like fancy you know like red like i don't know how you call it here but like lobster like seafood giant fireplace where he was like making the meat it was just like amazing would he would he, would he like fresh caught stuff yeah like, yeah of course oh, we man. had like our own fishermen oh <laughs> keep we, going like yeah well okay well it's beautiful <laughs> there is no road it's tiny there is like 25 houses yeah and we own one of them in this That's island like, off of course yeah it's not an island it's, oh. it's like a village but it's kind of an island because it's in a super protected area okay so as i said you can't access this access it unless you want to walk on like a path right. you know for two hours so it's like really remote um i have so many stories because you know for example like there is no police there and if the police comes you kind of see them coming yeah. so you can do kind of anything <laughs> <laughs> well like was it corsica's got like interesting history right like it, it was it's been part of like a few different yeah, countries around it right so yes. i'm sure there's like a really like rich vibrant culture there very very there is like like it's a full-on culture totally separate from italy and france yeah. like it has a lot of influences from right. those two uh but you know what, what is really funny i don't know i've always found that kind of funny because it's presented as being this like you know very beach because the beach uh, amazing and there is i mean I, I could talk about it for for hours so we'll just make this the uh, yeah let's make this subject uh, yeah exactly <laughs> um it's so it's like but but the culture is actually very mountainy. It's actually mm -hmm. really high. I don't remember. I'm terrible with numbers. It's super high. Like you can ski in in oh, Corsica. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, and there is like a lot of trail. Like you know you can go hike, but like you hike, you have to go for days because right. you get lost in the thing and stuff. You can't like. And so um, the food and and the culture is actually very. Um, you know, um, mountainy yeah. kind of thing. I don't know if you say that. And yeah, then yeah. people were not living in the towns close to the to the water because you know we were invaded so many times. It was dangerous. So is, are people getting weird up in the mountains? Um, no, they're like it's a different thing. And now you know, obviously, people leave. You know, because tourists is now what you know the main um, oh. economy of oh, the wow. of the and one of the mains. We have a lot of um, agriculture mm -hmm. too, and we have a lot of things that sell. A like you know clementines are a big thing mm -hmm. and you know things like that um but there is not a lot of people that live in corsica it's very pure it's very it's you know there is two big cities that's probably like the <laughs> size of williamsburg so yeah so there is two big town one yeah. one of them i grew i went to school and kind of because i grew up between the small village there was no school in my small village so when i started growing up i went to school kind of late because of that um what do you mean you were just for like, like a couple of years i didn't you i didn't do kindergarten i didn't do i went to school only at the last year uh i think i, I don't remember how old i was because it was small but like you know there was it was kind of easy because a lot of people have the same type of life where they live in the village and then they go to school in the city and so you kind of had a free pass so i didn't do preschool or all this kind of stuff that's kind of awesome yeah i mean <laughs> it was cool i mean I, I i it definitely shaped 
who I am and for how, sure. Well, how do you, how did that place, you know, shape who you are? You know, you're kind of like out on your own where you just getting into trouble, where you just creating things in your mind that weren't there. What, what, what was it like? Um, and I don't mean like in a crazy way. I mean, in, no, a, in no. an imaginative way. Well, no, I, <laughs> well, it's a little bit of both actually. But. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's two, there's two sides to right, that. Right. Uh, and more like two times, like, you know, there is the teenage, um, time and then there is when I was a kid and I w- when I was actually uh, mostly living in the in the village um, well I was obviously it's a funny thing okay mm-hmm. because like the village Girolata it was called it's called still today and I'm still going in May actually and um, is is very so in the winter there is like 10 people live there oh wow and in the summer it can go up to like 3,000 people not living there, but like visiting a day or something. Do you have a name fair. for people who come just visiting for the summer? Because of the Jersey Shore, they're called Bennies. Okay. Um, we have a name. in, in It's in Corsican. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, well, it's more like that's a name for friends because, you know, Corsica has a history of wanting to get separated mm-hmm. from France, which I don't want Corsica to be separated from France. But uh, so there is a name for French people that just come for the summer or coming yeah. in Corsica What's definitely pinsuit <laughs> yeah it's like it's kind of italianish type of of language but that's cool yeah so wait what are, oh and so in the summer it gets it becomes that very social place right and when i grew up like and my dad had this beautiful amazing restaurant and so we would get celebrities prince and princesses and all that that would come with their yachts from italy and from france and all that so that's why i think i mean my culture is very mixed because on on one you know on the one hand i'm there with the animals you know and the horses and there is literally and i brought my fiance there last year and he was like you told me there were cows sleeping on the beach i didn't believe you really (laughs) But then I saw them. And so it's really that like all animals are kind of free because there's nowhere to go. Right. Like kids are free because you're it's so small. Like your mom calls you anywhere you are in the village, you will hear. Yeah. So I never had like a nanny or anything. I don't. Yeah, I never had a nanny. It's funny. And um, and but at the same time, so there is that very like hippie kind of life. And a lot of hippies live there, by the way. So, because mm. you know, of course, in the seventies, it became that kind of like, hey, yeah. <laughs> let's, nice let's settle there and yeah. smoke some pot and stuff. <laughs> and um, and then in the summer, there is like you know the Agnelli family, like you know, I don't know, I can so many people, Brigitte Bardot, oh, wow. uh, all the top models from the nineties. I, I was saw them firsthand, and I they was, were just you know, coming in. So, coming, what, what, what was that kind of doing? What was what, what was that doing for you? Kind of getting exposure to um, that. Yeah, I mean, it was interesting because it's also my mom and my dad are divorced now, and they're the weirdest couple because my dad is very down to earth. How do you say here? Salt of the earth. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like he's a chef. He loves yeah. food. He makes his own sausage. Like, I don't know. He's amazing in that sense. Uh, very, very family man, down to earth, all that. My mom um, is... Uh, like the city girl, she's a therapist now, so you know all that kind of. Um, what's, she what's really going on? Like trying to find out, like the, yeah, yeah, exactly, and like very fashionable, and so she was looking at all that, and she actually like made a lot of friends, and also, so and you know, and you'll see as I tell you kind of about stuff about myself. It's always been 
I think what's most defining is the the bipolar <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah, right. You know, like those two polar opposites. This and opposites. that, this yeah, and that, yeah, this yeah. and that, always. So, have yeah. you, and have you constantly like felt a pull between those two things? Yeah, um, probably probably more than what I ever realized mm-hmm. uh, because I I. It's funny in my family, like my brother is totally on my dad's, like they're their best friends and they yeah. work together yeah. and they have exactly, you know. He's doing my, the family business. He's doing the family business. He's the same. Like he loves simplicity and the nature and he couldn't live in, in a big city. And on the other side, my sister, we're a big family, uh, is more like, you know, my mother, like, you know, perfect house. Da, 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 very fashionable and stuff. We all have a mix of two, but I'm very like, in, in the middle. I've always been. Well, are you in the middle of those three siblings? I'm the, fr- I'm the, the oldest. I'm the oldest, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know why, but it kind of, yeah. That's interesting. So what were, what were you doing, you know, when you were growing up there? Like, how were you spending your time? Um, When I was a kid, I was really bored a lot. Mm-hmm. I remember telling my dad, Dad, I'm bored. <laughs> and he was like, you can't tell me that you're bored. <laughs> <laughs> I remember because that was one of the things. He, he, he's so patient and sweet, but, like, there was one thing he didn't like. And that's when I was saying, I'm bored because I think, you know, he was working his ass off all the time. And, right. Um, so when I was a kid, I was just hanging out, you know, a lot. Um, I don't know, like I loved animals and there was a lot around me and I, you know, I loved nature. I was kind of solitary. I was very shy, mm. which I'm not anymore. Um, what do you think changed? Oh, um, I talk about it in my book. I, I learned that being shy was basically having too much ego. Hmm. You know, I realized that, you know, not being shy was just putting yourself out there at the risk of, you know, looking stupid, but realizing that looking stupid is not such a bad thing. Right. And so when I when I realized that it changed basically overnight. That's awesome. Do you know what you know Stephen Colbert? Yeah. He, okay, so do you know his story of like how he got to be the way he did? I heard this many years ago. Mm-hmm. So like every day he used to do something to completely embarrass himself in public. <laughs> so just like after a couple of years, he just never felt embarrassment and he was just free to be, to do whatever. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like, Oh yeah, no. I think it's a practice definitely. I was very lucky. And I told you before the podcast, I talk a lot and yeah. I kind of segue everywhere, so That's fine. just like you can drive me back That's fine. but um i my best friend that i met in corsica when i was 14 um who lives in corsica now um she's very like that she's very open if she doesn't know something even if it's like you know the most obvious thing mm-hmm. she'll say i don't know yeah. <laughs> um and and it's looking at her doing that with so much grace and so much simplicity i was like why am i not just like you know i just copied her basically yeah yeah and it changed my my life i think that's cool yeah were there folks that you were um looking up to when you were a teenager uh teenager so teenager is a totally different thing now because i was in more in the city i mean i was always working in my village Mm -hmm. um in the summer you know like summer jobs and stuff as a teenager i i don't know how kind of it happened but i was very nerdy and um, i'm not saying that to look cool i really was like i was <laughs> my mom you know ajaccio where I, the city is really um if you can imagine a small italian city where people know you know and at that time i think people had some sort of money which is now it's a little bit less than that and it was really about 
showing off. Mm. Southern very, type. Like, opulent, just, yeah, yeah, like, you know, so being very dressed mm-hmm. and like people driving their car. There was there's a saying in Ajax, you'll say like, oh, he drives a Mercedes, but he eats potatoes <laughs> um, because it was more important to look good, kind of like what other people think, you know, all that is very important. Maintaining the facade. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I think it's very typical of Southern, I mean, French Southern small cities where yeah. you know like oh this is doctor da 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 oh this is that person and you have this like um street like the big street of the city and people are here like smoking their cigarette at the cafe and looking at who's going by right <laughs> <laughs> so i also grew up in that and my mother and my dad and my mother more specifically never wanted to give me any money or buy me clothes or anything she was like that's not important i don't want you to and so and at, at uh, high school, so I didn't look so cool. I had to kind of be creative with my clothes, right. but I didn't wear the brands that you have to wear and all that. I never had that. And I think I also was a little bit weird. Also, I have to say something important, my, my mom. And I think today, I do think it had an influence. I think when you grow up, you don't realize what shapes your life. But my mom was um, from Morocco, and uh, she was an immigrant. She arrived in Corsica when she was 14 or 15. And I do think there's a, there was, and still today, a giant stigma about that. Like, people are very... But I don't want to say racist, but I think it's kind of that, you mm. know, where it's like they were kind of looking at us weird because we didn't correspond to the, you know, immigrant type. It's so interesting because I, I, I feel like Corsica would be a place that has, like, you know, influences from so many different places. So you would imagine that they would be... Oh, no, actually, it's... No, it's, like, very... I mean, I don't know. I I was talking about it with my sister, and she's like, no, I don't think we ever suffered from that. But I remember defending her. Mm -hmm. And I think it kind of ostracized me a little bit without me realizing, because also, like, for me, it was weird because I didn't look it at all because I look more like my dad and my dad is more like Italian, which, mm-hmm. you know, every court, like, it's kind of the same. Um, and so I think, yeah, there was a few things, like, you know, not being so fancy in the way we dressed and not, and, you know, coming from this really immigrant family. Like, uh, I remember one day I was, that's not high school, before that. Um, so my grandma, who I, she she's not here anymore but i she raised me you know like a lot she really was there and she looked like um you know like a gypsy that was the style you know that that you know she 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 grew up in morocco so she was wearing you know these like giant uh skirts very long yeah she was uh wearing the uh, you know um, like a scarf a scarf was not a hijab but you know like to protect her hair her hair was like down her ass you wouldn't see it but like it was all red uh she had tattoos on her face oh wow um yeah because she comes from like um the mountains of morocco and that's why i'm saying like they're not arabs they're berbers i think that's how you call them yeah yeah and so they're that one of their traditions you know is when you come of age you get tattoos on your legs on your face and uh she's beautiful but she definitely didn't look like a corsican woman uh and that's you know a lot of ladies like that were in corsica because there was a massive immigration in france um at, at, at a point and I remember seeing her go by my school and somebody saying, oh, um, nobody knew she was my grandma. 
and she was going to my home and and suddenly like every kid you know like was like hey arab 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 yeah yeah and so i you know i think that probably like it was weird because how do you deal with that as a kid? And also, I didn't feel different from any, anyone. And I feel, you know, but, like, but you it was such a, from, yeah, I know. Like, nobody, you know, you weren't different from anybody. No, I know. It was a weird, it was very difficult to intellectualize and to understand and to know, like, where, you know, it's not that at 10, you're not going to be like, racism is not good. Yeah. You know, you're, you're going to be like. You don't even know what racism yeah, is. Yeah, you don't exactly know. You know, it's bad. Yeah. But how do you deal with that? So anyway. I was kind of nerdy. I had found a group of like three friends who were really fun and all that, but definitely not the cool people of school. Like we were like, you know, kind of the weird bunch in well, the corner. How were you weird? Like what were the things that you guys were, were right, bonding so over? So one of them uh, was this very intellectual, um, you know, girl, like, you know, but you didn't know if she was a girl or a boy very androgynous <laughs> very androgynous the other one was this very dramatic very skinny girl and that you know just walked weird and you know everybody the, the girl that people look at and are like you know kind of make fun of uh who i i loved um and then we had a, a few like and then there was a big moment where we met with the skateboarders of the city mm-hmm. And it was like a match. And so one of the, the, the boy, the, the girl that, you know, kind of, she started like having a love story with one of the skateboarders. So they, they became our crew. Right. And that was kind of my gang. But it was not cool at the time to be a skate. I mean, I thought <laughs> no, it was I the know. coolest thing, but it yeah. was it was not like people, you know, we would hang out at the, there was like a sort of, parking types because the guys yeah, could skate, skate you yeah, know course, yeah. and um it was not cool. like that's not what people in my town considered cool i did i yeah. thought i thought we were cool i thought we were different and all that um so that's what they were doing they discovered pot at that time mm-hmm. i've never been so much into pot yeah <laughs> so it was weird for me because I, I would get sick <laughs> i tried a lot like i tried to be cool a lot but it, it just didn't work it for didn't me work for you uh but you that try, was kind of that vaping Vaping pot. That's a, that's a conversation for after this. We don't have to get into it. Yeah, I mean, I tried, but it's the same effect. No, no, no. There's this different thing. It's called like CBD oil. I mm. just started like vaping this yeah. stuff. You can buy it at the vape store. It's totally yeah, legal. No, it's like well, anyway. Yeah, we're yeah. getting off track. Yeah, <laughs> but anyway, so I I was always trying. One day I remember like uh, doing the bong. Yeah. Gee, oh my god i was like you cannot it took me like probably seven years to be like you know what i'm just i just don't smoke like for right. like a long time i was like making myself sick wanting to to eat the whole kitchen just yeah. because my friends loved it so much <laughs> um so that was you me. gave it a, you gave it a shot i gave it a giant, a giant shot. shot yeah yeah <laughs> so that's me teenager uh listening to you know what were we listening at the two at that time i know music has always been a big part of my uh of my life mm-hmm. and obviously it became more and more i'll tell you maybe later because yeah. it, it seems like we're going into details but like <laughs> <laughs> no um, i like this it's all great yeah um so that's and i was very rebellious against obviously you know you can mm-hmm. i think you can totally picture what i was like I the it. annoying because after that i made also a skateboarder felt completely in love with him it was my first love stayed with him for seven years oh, and, wow. and i was like i'm a, also a um 
how do you say serious monogamous? Serial monogamous. Serial monogamous. Yes. Uh, yeah. So I completely understand everything you're saying right now. You know, <laughs> over in New Jersey and in, in the suburbs, it wasn't that much different for me either. Exactly. You it's know? totally uh, to me. It's very classic suburb, right. You know, type of thing with just like different culture in the background. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so did you have big plans of, of what you wanted to do? Were you, were you happy living in, in Corsica? Did you want to get out? Did you want bigger things? Oh my God. I just wanted to get out. Really? I just wanted you to get out. You always felt that? I couldn't deal with the small town. Mm-hmm. You know, the thing with ner- nerdy people <laughs> is that it's cool because like we were reading a lot of books, you know, we were, I, I always loved magazines mm-hmm. always. So I was starting to buy the face and ID and all that. And so I had that feeling that something else was happening somewhere else. There was no internet man yeah. at all. Oh, and I used to, I remember, you know, I used to subscribe to magazines like when they would come Oh my God! just like, like sitting and reading them cover oh, yeah, to cover exactly. and like, not doing like, anything nobody else. Nobody talked to me. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> I was like, yeah. I was, it was my only contact with yeah. anything outside you know i remember when i was probably 13 something like that i really 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 wanted a pair of converse yeah right well you couldn't find them in my in my island there mm-hmm. was nobody was selling them and at that time like you couldn't buy them online yeah, or like right. order yeah, or whatever no that zappos. wouldn't happen so i remember asking my mom's friend who was going uh i don't know to paris or something to bring me a pair and i'm telling you like when she brought them back i suddenly my uh how do you say my popularity yeah it rose oh my god it was crazy for two weeks i was like the star (laughs) just because i had a pair of converse that's awesome um so so you you wanted to get out what was your plan what was your scheme how are you gonna make that happen i I had no plan at all. I, um, I, oh, well, actually, I had no plan, big picture, but my small picture plan was just work, 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 pay for my trips. So, as I told you, like, my parents were not so much into, like, spoiling me at all. They were like, you got to work. And, it's good. It gives you, you know, a good work ethic. It's a very important thing. I agree. My I'll try to be way, like that you know? with my kids. Yeah, you should. Yeah. Like, you know, I worked at Pizza Hut for many years. Oh, my God. You know? I did. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I did I did it all. And so I I have to tell you about my jobs one day because that's really funny. One of my It's all character building stuff too. It's so important. I know. You but know? have you been a um a windsurf teacher <laughs> in a naked camp? No. I have. Okay. <laughs> But just, is it just like a bunch of like old people? Just yeah, out there exactly. Just I saw a lot it's, of yeah, um, just like old. I, I saw a lot of too much stuff. Yeah, there. I I quit. I was like, <laughs> I can't do that. <laughs> How long did you last? <laughs> Two weeks. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, bad. that was enough. You tried. I, yeah. I I I was like, you know what? It's just naked dudes. Right. Like it's fine or girls, right. you know. But for some reason, also I was like a young, you know, probably pretty good looking teenager, like waiting on the beach for people to mm-hmm. come lessons yeah we're like was it a nude beach were they already naked or were they like no they were every yeah no it was oh, okay. everybody was not only naked on the beach but there was a, a camping around it everybody was naked in the camping and i remember a very interesting scene they were like everything was made na- like you would go buy your groceries naked uh-huh. uh and one day is that, is that like 
That's a thing in Europe. It's, really? Oh, buying, yeah. I mean, you know how we that, are with nudity. It's no, cool. no. And that's great. Yeah. And I love that. Yeah. But there's something about maybe being naked around like fresh produce and stuff. Like, uh, yeah, probably. Like, you know, I don't know if that's like the food safety. I don't know what kind of rating oh, yeah, that we grocery store we get from the health far, board. Oh, no. Yeah. Pro- I don't know if today. I mean, in America, Although, it would have happened. I would love to go grocery shopping naked. Oh, I my God. I would love to it's do it. <laughs> It's so weird and funny, but then you see, you don't want to see so much body. I don't know. Like, no, I, I don't know. anyway. Uh, and I didn't at that time. And I remember, um, so one night I was invited by a family to mm-hmm. go have dinner with them. So they had naked dinner. I was always kind of like trying, because if you're all dressed, they, they look at you like, uh, so, I, you know, I was trying to be respectful so being res- respectful would be being naked, which right. I, you know, I was not. But do you like knock on the door naked? Do you have to like disrobe they, was- <laughs> and run away there? Like how does what is it? Yeah, because it's a camp, so <laughs> oh, okay, I mean, you okay. just go around naked, right? Yeah. Um, and and uh, and the kids, one of the kids, I actually was invited because one of the kids who was like eight or something, um, we became friends. And I think on the beach, you know, because I was bored, like, and, and all that. And so he came and we always talked and I was kind of teaching him what I knew about life. And he was sweet. And I know that, you know, like probably maybe eight or ten, you know, at that age where boys start, you know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It starts coming down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They descend. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and he and he I think he was embarrassed that I was there and I was, you know, and, and and he asked his mom, hey, mom, I'm cold. Can I put a, a sweater on? Uh. And she was like, no, remember, we said not before 10. And I was like, oh, that's, and I think that kind the of. The age or the time period of the day. <laughs> not before 10, 10 p.m. at night. <laughs> it's 10 p.m. Get your sweater on. Before the age. 10 okay, p.m. Okay, and I was like, I don't think I can. I, I don't think I'm, I agree with that. Right. I think, you know, and even more, if you're a teenager, you should be able to have a moment you're like you know what i just want privacy yeah, of course that. yeah so 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 back to back to the uh sorry no, no, I, no, I told you, you. Don't have to, yeah. no no this is great what how did you end up you know what was your grand oh yeah so plan? i was working and then i tried and you're taking trips yeah exactly okay, so when you? i was 14 i took my first trip i did alone you know i went to uh i mean i had a family there i, I set up everything myself basically um i went to london mm-hmm and then when I was 15, I went to L.A. Wow. Yeah. And what were those trips like for you? What, you know, what oh were you doing? Oh, my God. I was, well, I was really a dreamer. I mean, yeah. and I still am. But just being on the plane for me, was, I felt like such a traveler, mm-hmm. you know. And I was obviously, I was like, my trips were just like, because I had no money. So it was like, okay, I'm going to fly to L.A., right? And it's like, Ajaccio, Paris, Paris, Amsterdam, Amsterdam, Reykjavik, you know, because yeah. <laughs> the cheapest thing. And each time I was right. like, this is great. This is awesome. And it was, I was so young. It was so early, early. I remember one day I was like, I'm going to sit in a smoking, because there was still right. a smoking plane. Oh, Can you imagine? The, I remember the you, ashtrays and old? like the... Uh, I know. It's I remember, crazy. Oh. And like dying, dying for five hours. Like, yeah. I'll never do that again. <laughs> um... So that was, the, and then what I would do, just discover, I was very curious. I would always try to meet people. Um, I stayed, I tried to stay one month each time so I could oh, discover wow. stuff. Obviously I couldn't drive or anything, but so, you know. So, you, so you're in LA and you're just, do you, do you know anybody? Like, do you um, know where you want to go? So I did that uh, thing where you go to a family, oh, which is okay. really interesting because, yeah, because I cool. was too young to do like anything else. But um, yeah, it was funny because the, the, the family I went to in LA, they were so nice and they were... Mm, mormons yeah yeah so they had like 10 daughters of mm-hmm. each a- every year you know like mm-hmm. and 
and they were so sweet and they like took me on on some trips you know like we went to venice and we went to san diego and all that and the rest of the time there was an, another girl that was there same program you know yeah. and um it was really funny because i think it was they really enjoyed having french people at home and so they were really really taking care of us actually they were like oh we want to show you this we want to take you to the mall you know that's like, the best like, way to see everything right? it's amazing yeah, yeah. what it's, was do you remember like the first time you went to a mall in la oh yeah i was like what are i was because it took me a very long time to understand that you don't ask you know in, in europe you always say where is the center of the city because that's yeah. where you're gonna find stores and cafes right. and all that and i was like can we go to the center of la <laughs> There's really not much in downtown. And like, you want? Yeah. You mean you want to go to the mall? Yeah. And uh, so that's 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 how I kind of started understanding that sort of culture. That's it was cool. funny. Yeah. So you kind of always knew. Did you have an idea of where you wanted to go when it was time to get out of Corsica? Well, yeah, because okay. So one of the things with my destiny is that it's always a mix between uh, what I think I can do uh-huh. and my desire to do more than that and my personality which is i'm people pleaser mm-hmm. my parents you know and that's kind of what people do in corsica there at that time there was no university in corsica so you do go to aix-en-provence in the south of france or to marseille in the south of france and that's what i did so i followed that and i went um it was very okay before that i have to say i met my best friend she was the sister of my boyfriend and they were both the kids of diplomats. Mm. And so with them, I also traveled to Syria a lot. I was oh, doing wow. some new type of trips that were very interesting. And I learned um, a lot about traveling and meeting different cultures and all that. And so I, 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 I lived with my best friend uh, in the south of France for a while. And that's what I did. Like very, very common, you know, um, when I talk about my job today you know i always talk about the fact that my parents more my mom uh didn't want me to do uh, study art Mm -hmm. it's a big big deal in my life because it kind of changed my life the fact that i was not allowed and i didn't contest that i didn't while you were growing fight yeah because Mm -hmm. i think you know i was very under i don't know like took me a while and still today, I think it's a life work to understand that, you know, you grow up in a certain reality. That's your parents' reality and what they think is possible and what they think is not and mm-hmm. what. And it's not their fault. Like, it's not. It's just their reality. Right. And um, I think the whole and, and then you have the reality of society and then you have, you know, what you've and your and, personal. like Yeah, like exactly. Yeah. And so I think to me, the life life our job in life is to get out of all this to create our own reality right and Mm -hmm. i think um at that time i was still very very caught up in my parents reality that was pretty small because like it's not small for them i mean in the 80s they were making a lot of money and their restaurant was very successful they had two cars which was like huge you know and they bought a house and all that they had made it and it was like you know yeah, that like was, this is what it is. This is this the top. Is, this is the top, yeah. you know. And my, our, if our kids are doctors or diplomats, like we, you know, even, be- even yeah, better. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, it definitely was not my reality, but I was still like confused 
so about you en- all that. So you ended up studying art. So I ended up not studying oh, art. Oh, okay. Yeah, and kind of losing myself in you know studies of like literature because mm-hmm. I was loved reading, loved writing, and um, le- studying English, communication, losing so much time. At the same time, I was doing other stuff, like. I, at that time, music started becoming a very important part of my life. Um, In what way? Um, so, do you remember, like, indie music? In, uh, it was the 90s, I think. And, yeah. like, um, so uh, we were very into that. Like, all my, my, my new group of friends that I had met in the south of France were, like, really into that. And so we not only had bands and all that, but we also, with my one of my new best friends, um, we started organizing a lot of tours wouldn't stop in our city. So right. we just did that. We, we, we booked concerts and all that. So we had like, you know, cat power, like tortoise, like, uh, what, uh, what did we get? Like very good, like yeah. cool bands. Oh, and that's yeah. what we were doing. And, uh, blonde redhead and, so, you know, like awesome. all that. So that's pretty cool. Um, which is also one of my trip. It was a little bit later, but not that later, actually. One of my fr- my second trip to America was to Washington D.C., where m- one of my great friends um, was the girlfriend of what is it, Yann McKay? Yeah, from um, Fugazi. Yeah. So I went to D.C. and you know experienced the whole world of like, you know, punk rock and Fugazi lifestyle and i was like oh my god some people live a totally alternative lifestyle and it's amazing right so yeah travel traveling and you know meeting people like that has always been something that was like the greatest yeah it's the best yeah so so how did you end up starting to take the path down you know becoming like a full-time artist or an illustrator yeah, it was the hardest thing in my life. I mean, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I don't think it's such a... It's important to go through that. But, like, I had a lot of personal struggle with that. And I think the only thing that saved me is that I never judge um, my relationships, sort of. Like, I always... If I'm attracted to someone, um, I'm not going to question that. And I mean, as friends or as mm-hmm. boyfriends or, you know. And I realized that... Like, I didn't know why, but all my friends were artists. All of them. All my boyfriends, um, you know, were artists. And, like, not that I had many, but, like, you know, um, there was always that thing. And I was like, it must be telling something. And at that time, I was still a student. I was working, of course, because I paid for my most of my studies. And um, and I was kind of, lo- I was losing because I was not great at my studies. I was not great at anything. Mm-hmm. And I was also, I'm a very sort of nurturing, like my, my boyfriend at that time, um, he's a musician. And um, now he's a guitar player for a lot of bands in, in France and stuff. He's actually doing Charlie Winston, I think, right? Do you know that artist? Mm-hmm. No. He's, you know, pretty big and professional. And so at that time, I was with him. And I remember I was really nurturing to him. I was like, okay, you know, we're going to make... I'm going to help you, like, whatever. And not realizing that all what all like these people were saying about me. And so it uh, over the years, I started understanding what was important was not to make money for me, you know, because we were very poor, like, living kind of broke, like, 20-year-old 20 pe- 20 people are, do, yeah. you know. Yeah. But, like, I was very happy. And that was funny. It was the most important lesson in my life before even like finding my way into being a, an artist. 
I realized that, so didn't have a ton of money. We found like a beautiful apartment in a shitty neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, we were cooking at home a lot, had a lot of friends come over. Um, we didn't travel so much anymore just because no money, but like, you know, I did a whole hitchhiking around Europe, right. you know, like I was camping. I was doing, my, my life experience was pretty awesome. Like I was not unhappy. Like I think at that moment was a very like tough time with my mom. Cause she was looking down at me and being like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> You know, um, and, but I was kind of exploring my possibilities. And that's the lesson I learned was like, I'd rather have this type of bohemian life and not make a ton of money. I can be happy than something that I don't truly believe in and I couldn't even picture myself doing. And so that's when I was like, well, if that's the case, then maybe I can give a shot at being an illustrator, which is kind of... What I had, my dream when I was a, a child was uh, to uh, make comics and uh, how do you say um, um, animation mm-hmm. movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, s- and and then, did you, you see know, Fantastic Planet growing up? No. The, or like a, a in French, it's like a planet su- sauvage, maybe. Oh yeah, a little bit, but it was That's not, not a your big style thing. of uh, animation my style of animation. Uh, I mean, today I'm probably one of the biggest fans of Kung Fu Panda. It's one of my favorite movies ever. (laughs) And not like animation movies. It's one of my favorite. Straight up movie. Straight up movie. Mm -hmm. I think it's fantastic. (laughs) Like really. And I listened to a podcast about it for two hours. And I was like, yes, these people get it. This is an amazing. I just, the third one is great too. Did you see it? No, I haven't. But did you did you see Zootopia yet? Of course. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I go see any like animation that I feel is not going to be because some are terrible. Oh yeah. Uh, I go and I I go to a 3D. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like the best sound. I, I will I will go to a cinema super far. I'm I'm still kind of nerdy about that, yeah. and I'm happy because that's not nerdy. That's you got to go see the movie. Like how yeah, it's, exactly how it's meant to how be it's experienced. Yeah. They spend all this time and effort making exactly. it perfect. Exactly. You need to experience it. Exactly. And uh, if look, I, I smoked, you. yeah. I would go see Kung Fu Panda another time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because the 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 graphics are so. Oh my God! I was I, when I came out of the movie. I was like, "See, if I had followed my first dream, I would probably be doing that movie today." Yeah. And you know, like that would have been fine for me because I think it's one of the coolest thing that you know, 3D animation. It's just oh, it makes me dream. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so when you started like pursuing, you know, this artistic career, how did you how did you find success in that? Well, not in the beginning. Oh, obviously. But. <laughs> uh, actually, failing was more like what drove the future successes because yeah. I, well, first I had, to, okay. So my plan was to train myself because obviously I didn't have any training. Mm-hmm. I was very good with a pen. You know, I was, I could always, I was like the dreamer in the, in the class, you know, kind of drawing in the back, like making flowers and faces and mixing all that together. Very, um, and um, so the f- so I trained myself looking at what other people were doing and copying them and changing and trying to find my style and all that. After a while, because I knew people, you know, I had, you know, but all my friends were like broke. So I was like, hey, do you want to do something for our independent magazine? We won't pay you. Right. I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool. And then, you know, all these kind of things. So I started doing a little thing a few things but very soon i realized oh shit like i'm never gonna be able to 
eat. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, I'm fine being broke, but I'm not fine if I can't survive at all. Right. And so at that, at that moment, that's when I was starting doing magazines and I realized that how much they were paying, which is basically nothing. Or like, it was like 200 euros for half a page, right? Mm-hmm. And at that time, my illustration was very... Um, precise very artistic very it actually started getting kind of more traction in the art world okay <laughs> so but i not something i wanted to pursue because i've never been so conceptual and so i, I really wanted to do something more artistic. like somebody gives you like a task and or like a problem and you solve it um no i just i i don't know i i um it's funny because a lot of my friends were doing like concrete music oh, and things okay. that were very okay. intellectual. And, you know, uh, my next boyfriend after this one was like doing sort of like art shows, art music shows with like, and it was all, you know, very, you know, like contemporary art type of things. And I always felt very, um, I don't feel like I can, I don't, it kind of intimidates me. And I also, I am very, I'm Taurus. I'm very like down to earth and stuff. I just wanted to do beautiful drawings. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to have to. And now I think if I was smarter, I could probably have, you know, invented some concept and, you know, <laughs> like pass as like, <laughs> but that's not really what I was looking for. And so, and I also wanted to make money because I still, you know, was co- come you like where to I eat come food. From. I like to eat food and, you know, I still had some, a lot of pressure. I had yeah. a lot of anxiety attacks at that time and stuff. I was trying to make my way and be that kind of carefree person. But down, down there, I was very stressed and I had a lot of pressure. And, you know, my mom was barely talking to me <laughs> at that point. So I was still like, you know, she was, she's a very, as you can understand now, she's very important to me. Yeah. And, you know, um, so I was like, okay, well, if my drawings take so much time to do and that's how much money they bring me, I should just learn how to do faster drawings and, mm-hmm. you know, do a lot of them. And mm-hmm. maybe in a few years, like, you know, I'll have a sort of a business. And I mean, I didn't take you through the whole process, but one of the things that I did was um, I had to go to Paris to show my drawings. So there is nothing very like, you know, as far as publications go in Marseille. So I did that, which cost me money. I was sleeping on a friend's couch and stuff, but just taking the train and yeah. all that was I, a thing. Yeah, I know you how know? it is, yeah. <laughs> and so after a year, which is the time I had given myself to try my... I was like, oh, I think I shouldn't stop there right yet because things are starting to happen, but I don't have money to go to Paris anymore. I don't have... Um, I have to change the way I'm illustrating. And so I um, so I was like, okay, I need to find a way to do this, all, to take all these things that I've learned and do something. And that's when finally I was like, well, I was, to be an illustrator, I had started doing my online portfolio because right. like internet, I, I had a computer and yeah. all that. And I was like, oh, you know, started looking at blogs and stuff. And that's when in, now we're in, 2006 and that's when I decided you know what I'm probably I should try to open a blog yeah because I not because it's going to be a success and I'm (laughs) going to be in New York you know 10 years later but uh, because that way instead of having to go to Paris to get feedback on my work it's it's right there people can give me feedback directly and trust me I never thought I would even have an art director even land on my side because at that time 
internet was still looked up like ugh, you know terrible like uh, you wouldn't even say that which is why i changed my name too because i was like i wouldn't uh want people to know that i was on internet <laughs> well it's, uh, it's been 10 years yeah of the blog that's mm-hmm. kind of incredible yeah well that's like the thing too right like you kind of just hope you just you just you just focus on like doing the work like making the best thing you can and with the internet you can just put it out there and hope that it reaches the right people right you know mm-hmm. it's a it takes a lot longer than maybe if you're like because uh, i suffer from the i suffer from that problem what do you suffer from? well just like you know i'm just you know i just focus on making good work and put it out there and hope that you know people see it and yeah. start connecting with it and it's a tricky m- moment right now because everybody's looking to stand out there's so much noise right like how do you yell and louder than everybody else exactly and so we're down to marketing strategies basically that and at, at the time when i started it was not the case right and today it's still for me like very tricky because there are things that i don't truly believe in and it costs me a lot to do them mm-hmm. and also like i try to always come down to like okay where do you come from what do you want right you know because like i don't want to spend my life doing snapchat strategies you know i don't as much i want to I want to engage in things that I actually enjoy doing and you know I like doing it but sometimes you know it's, it takes a lot of time and things like that and today it's like okay if you want to have like a great online presence you should be on this and this and that I'm like well where like do I in and, and when I look back in 10 years will I want to have spent my time doing that or in your case doing a movie right you know or right. I mean our time is kind of limited you know we don't and trust me I'm 40 almost one and it goes faster and faster we're busier and busier and you you know i just think it's a it's it's something about like your life priorities like i want to write other books i want to do and um yeah and the the hard thing is like nobody else can do it for you like right. it's if you have somebody doing your social media it's kind of like weird um, I, I made the short film and I didn't want to just put it out on the internet. I wanted right. to like, I was like, oh, you know, like maybe we'll get like dazed and confused to put it up. Maybe mm-hmm. that way, like, mm-hmm. you know, you're at a platform where more people can see it. Yeah. And they came back and the short film's like, it's 11 minutes. It's super tight. Right. And they're like, well, our, uh, our metrics tell us that people stop watching things after eight minutes. So can you cut it down to eight minutes? And I'm like, I no, know. no, no, I can't. I know. I, you it's know a, this is what it is. Like, I'm not. When do you let metrics dictate the art? Like, well, that's a scary happened. thing. Yeah, I know. Uh, that's the thing, and it it's it's really interesting because, so when I started, it was that wild, you know, open place, mm-hmm. um, and um, it was that wild open place, and um, you can invent anything and stuff, and I am shocked at how fast the system revolved back to something even worse than it was before (laughs) um where yeah because you can be so specific with numbers and all that that, and numbers count i've never counted as much as they do today yeah so internet is still a place where you can be very creative and stuff but Will people see what you have to say is the, is the problem. I don't know. I don't want to be like, oh, it was better before. But definitely when you, it's like surf, right? If you catch the wave in the beginning, yeah. you know, you're going to have much more chance yeah. to, to like make it and stand out and all that. Like, you know, when you arrive and it's like already 10 years and people know that there is, you, you can make yourself get known and all that. It's almost like, you know, people who jump on a new social media, like, before it starts you know and they have a practice of it and they will build a following because you're like oh who should i follow well there is that dude yeah Yeah, exactly so but now it's tricky because like yesterday i was having um 
a cu- coffee with a girl and she was like well now you have to be on snapchat because everybody's oh, jumping no, out of no. instagram yeah. and you gotta be on snapchat <laughs> and like you gotta get your audience to go on snapchat and i was like like where do you want to express yourself when does it end too and when it is that is i feel like we're on shifting you know like when um in a what is it in um ice age where they're like you know on the place and they're like whoa this one's again you jump from another one i don't know i mean i just i don't know i'm i'm very critical about it and i don't want to look back in five years and be like well i spent um one year is working for Snapchat, right. if you count all that. Yeah. And I, I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm sorry if this sounds like reminiscing too much, but one thing that I did love about that kind of time in the 90s when magazines were s- this important thing and that was like how you would get your culture, like there were these curators that were just kind of pushing you in the right direction. Yep. You know, because mm-hmm. yeah. you need somebody who, you know, ha- knows all the history, mm-hmm. knows like has great taste, you know, so like you can kind of and it's not like maybe talking bad about people that aren't making good stuff, but it's just focusing on and promoting the stuff that, you know, is yeah. truly good. Yeah. And just like share. And then we have this kind of shared experience with it. It's like I remember, you know, when I used to take the train into the city when I was in high school and like, you know, looking for a copy of Vice. Yeah. And like finding it and just like reading it on the train home and just being mm-hmm. like, this is this is amazing. But this you know, is, you know, and I and I, I miss that a little bit. Yeah. Because it's, like, it's everywhere. Yeah. OK. And it's splintered. I agree. That, I'm not saying it's better. I'm just, it's different. No, no, no. No, I think I think where where it kind of is going weird and I, I do think actually some people are doing it right, is that the problem we have today is how many followers do you actually want with what you're doing? Yeah. Um, I think what what is different, like, you know, for example, when I went to see these guys, Fugazi, living their life, they were not, they didn't want to be the masters. They didn't want to be Madonna. Right. They never wanted to. You know, they had their, like, very dedicated fans that, you know, would die for them. Mm-hmm. Um, my friend actually met them because she was following their tour, like, oh, going cool. in each cities that they were playing. Um, you know, I, I just, you know, I think it's the same with any, you know, magazine, like, you know, really trying to speak to, like, their audience. And I think, I think there is a... Um, it, it's it's I think today there is that mistake that you know it's all about getting more bigger more been bigger better, yeah and I don't think it's the future actually because mm. because people will need um, you know people that can give them that sense of you know okay well that's actually what's cool and and they won't necessarily want to follow like the, the the main common denominator they won't want to have I mean people that I'm interested in and that people I am you know that I I don't I don't want to do the same thing as everyone. I will, you know, be most like, I would want to follow somebody who's like, it's more special maybe. Mm-hmm. And and so I, I'm always trying to put things back in, in place in that sense and to not make the mistake of wanting it to be like to do world domination, right. but more, you know, thinking, okay, what's important, what's real for me, what's real for... and And honestly also... Obviously, always thinking of my readers and my followers, but first, what's here? Mm-hmm. Because that's what I can bring, you know? And if you ask me do that and I actually don't feel it, like, I'm not th- going to do it well. So, um... You can't fake, you can't fake that, though, you, you know? And people can, 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 people can tell. You, you can't, you can well, fake it. Uh, a lot of people do it. Or, like, I don't know, like, you can, 
you can do like techniques, you know. Right, but when you make something that comes from that's true to you mm -hmm. and you know, the way that people connect to that, it's stronger than Exactly. Any I think other any other I agree. Bond. I think absolutely. I think it's um I think it's important to understand that and, and also know what you want. I love when I have a friend and he's been doing that for years. He's a consultant and he has a a blog and a PR agency and he's always like, Well, my audience is smaller but he's and he's been talking like that for a long time you know but you know they that's what they love he knows them very well mm -hmm. and and all that and i've always thought and he's doing a great career you know in his and I, in his in his field and in what you know he's doing something that's you know around americana and all that he's been doing that before everyone right. and, and i've always been very um respectful of that and uh thought and i think today actually i think he's very modern in the way that he he goes around that and for the people who follow him he's super important and i think that's how to look at it yeah yeah no i agree that's interesting i like that a lot you know the, w the one thing that i love is that there's this weird thing that there's like so much seriousness in the fashion world mm -hmm. and I love your point of view and the, and the humor mm -hmm. that you Thank bring you. to the things that you do. I think it's so important because, um, just because you have a humorous slant on things doesn't mean you're, you don't have a love or an understanding and a respect for things. And mm -hmm. I feel like in fashion, it's like you have to, this is very severe and very serious and right. it's just so it's, I, it's so much, um, more enjoyable to see people who are having fun within that world yeah and and kind of like you know looking at it through a humorous lens mm -hmm. um i mean is is that kind of your point of view on it am i misunderstanding oh, no you're no you're not i think um i mean i have a sense of humor about uh, about everything because yeah. that's how i that's the that's the thing that I value the most. Mm -hmm. I think it's, we couldn't live without that and life would be so, I mean, you know, laughing and sense of humor. Uh, it's the first thing that I look at for in people and all that. Um, and yeah, I mean, about fashion, I, of, it's so, of course it needs, uh, of course it's like very self-aggrandizing, you know, right. it's like fashion is such a thing and all that. And I think, it's okay. I think it's good that, you know, it has that aspect. I think it needs also people that don't take it too seriously um, to for a counterpoint, right. you know, and that and that's all. I, um, I'm not saying, I'm not necessarily saying like no, this, the severeness is bad. I'm saying it's just, uh, it, it's no. exciting to see more different kinds of points of view within yeah. it, right? People I who, mean, you know. You know, it's funny because I actually, I, I was just thinking like, I grew up, there was a, there's a magazine in France that's called 20 ans, 20 years. It's for like kids. And um, I grew up with that magazine. It was kind of my Bible. And there was not one page that was not super ironic, super hilarious. And so for me, and if you see, there is a lot of fashion people in France. They're, they're, they really like have that. Uh, do you know Loïc Prigent? Probably. Mm -mm. Uh, he's a filmmaker. He does uh, fashion documentaries, and mm -hmm. they're the best. Like he did Marc Jacobs and Louis Vuitton. Um, What's his name? I want to write it down. Loic, mm -hmm. uh, L O I C, -I -C. Yep. and then P, P R I G E N T. Oh yeah, you have to totally see what he does. And oh, okay. the whole thing is like all these. He did some TV shows. It's very. He's very big in France. Is just like 
making fun of like you know how dramatic and how you know intense the fashion world is mm -hmm. it was never my um fashion made me dream i don't know if i ever wanted to be like a part of it just because i don't i don't feel like i correspond to the thing you know i'm i'm more chill yeah <laughs> uh not that fashion people are not chill but there is definitely like that sense of you know if you go to a fashion there's show, there are rules there are rules a lot of rules there is a lot of etiquette there is a lot of how you should be dressed and stuff so i'm not too much like that i know it's kind of fun though to be to be a part of that though when you're when you're very when you're, well maybe like taking it it's a little bit different from for you than the way other people are experiencing it i think for me it's uh, it's a, a very interesting journey but i do see it as a journey i um the moment that i stop discovering new things usually i change hmm. the way i do things so for me when you know i started with street style and it was huge and like people started opening the doors to their shows and all that it was fascinating and i had so, so much fun even though it was hard because it's a lot of pressure um because I was discovering something and because I was able to share it with my readers. That's all. Mm -hmm. Like in, to, to me, the goal was always what can I bring to my readers? If right. doors are open to me, I want to open them, them to my readers. And and um, and I think when it started becoming and I've always been like that. And, you know, that really when it starts become becoming repetitive, I'm like, well, I've done that. I have seen that, you know, what what's is there something new I can say or do or something? And then, so for me, it's more like a cycle like that. I don't, I don't know. Like at some point I was looking at people who, you know, you can see photos of them when they were 20 sitting front row at the show and see photos of them when they're like 75 sitting front row at the show. Mm -hmm. And see my, my life and my passions are not, and I totally respect that you know, being able to have such a deep fa passion for fashion that, you know, every season you're going to be as excited and as curious about what designer had, you know, like people like Susie Menkes or people like that. I mean, I can see like it's there. There is probably other stuff that they like about it, but like they definitely have a defining passion for, mm -hmm. you know, creation in fashion and all that. For me, it has always been a whole and like, you know, loving the scene of it, the people, the clothes, obviously, it's it's always been something that I love, but it's also, for me, it's an adventure. So at some point, you know, I shift into different adventures. I'm not, and it's funny because I was talking with Scott, uh, the sartorialist, and, you know, he, one day, you know, he was like, that's exactly what I love to do. I love to shoot people on the street. And as I was kind of shifting away from street style, because I was like, well, I've done it, you know, and right. all that. He was like, oh, no, me, that's what I love. And I will always love that. And that's what I want to do every day of my life. And I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> you know, because I, I was like, oh, no, I want to make a movie. I want to make this. I want to make that. I want to do a book. I want to do this. Um, and he was like, no, I want to do that. And I really respect that. Yeah, I really do. I think it's just like a different type of um, creativity. It's a different type of focus in your life. Uh, I probably because I come from where I come from and, I've, and I, I'm sort of an explorer in a way, you know, even. I think I'm ready to change my lifestyle, maybe move from New York, just because I'm like, okay, it's six years, I'm in New York. Okay, yeah, what's, what's, what's up? Yeah, what's yeah, next? Yeah, yeah. You know, like what's happening? Um, is, the, is that the thing that kind of keeps you going? 
Probably. I've yeah. never analyzed it, but now, you know, I have enough years that I can look <laughs> back at where I'm like, well, there is probably a pattern. And the pattern is that there is no pattern. Is that I there have that very, I'm very curious right. um, about life and what I can understand and discover. And so, yeah, I definitely, um, I've moved all my, like I haven't stayed in a city. I mean, you know, and I do think... What would your mom, the therapist, say about this? Oh, my God, <laughs> I don't know. I think we have a... Um, I don't know. I don't know. I think we have, you know, a trajectory as a family, definitely. Yeah. You know, immigration, you know, leaving Morocco. Like, there's it's a big story of, of that. Um, but I, I don't know what she would say. Um, I know that a friend of mine one day told me, you must have been very frustrated here in, in Corsica with your giant appetite for life. And I was like, yeah, I was until I was 17 and left. Um, he was like, so it probably worked as a little, um, you know, how do you say motor? How do you say when you like kind of, um, you know, the kids cars? With you, yeah, like the uh, mopeds. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So it was like it probably did that to you. And it did it so much that when you started going, you have so much power because you fueled by so many years of frustration and stuff. <laughs> and uh, it's a good image, I think. And I think it's something that's very common with people from I islands. Yeah. Um, you know, there is Corsican people everywhere in the world. Um, it's funny, like they, they, they either stay or they expand and want to explore the world because yeah. there is something about feeling stuck be between a sea, in a, in a, you know, surrounded by water. Uh huh. I know that, that makes sense. That's a really beautiful way to put it. Um, what, what are the things that have that have been, you know, that of getting that you're getting excited about now that you've been doing or, you know, things that are coming up? What What is the things that, you know, you're really excited well, to get into? Um, so there is like, you know, my podcast is yeah. something that I um, love. I, we, we both love podcasts. So I think the best, <laughs> it's right? So like, amazing. It's just, you know, yeah. we're just having a conversation. Yeah. I don't get to have conversations like this, you know, most places outside of exactly. here where we're just having a conversation. There's nothing else happening. I'm not thinking about my email. Yeah. I'm not thinking about what I have to do today. You know, exactly. It's a beautiful I, thing. I love it. So it's called Pardon My French and uh, I launched it recently and I love it. Um, you know, my book came out in October and so I'm still, you know, promoting it, I guess. And it's a New York Times bestseller. That's so amazing. Congratulations. I know that's, that's amazing. Awesome. And that's a big, big thing for me, like mm -hmm. talking about all of that, what we've talked about. I think it's such a, an important milestone in my life. I never, ever dared imagine I would make a book yeah. and <laughs> here it is. And I put a lot of myself into it and and i'm happy that it's finding you know such a a large and you know audience it's, it's amazing and now the blog is 10 years old in july and so we're working on you know celebrating that and That's i'm very great. excited about it i really believe in celebrating i think we forget often i'm, I'm trying to be better with myself at patting myself in the back and being yeah. like hey <laughs> great you did that instead of telling myself oh that's shitty you didn't do that right, which is kind of like you know um so i think it's cool that we're we're doing that and and as a so i want to make other books i have so and i'm the problem with me is more like i have too many ideas and my team can't keep up with me and mm -hmm. i can i cannot even keep up with myself but um i'm setting up also 
what the blog and the site and you know the story I'm telling will be for the next 10 years you know I'm really thinking it's a very important moment of resetting um, understanding the world has changed and mm -hmm. we've evolved with it but it's also good the thing is like being part of for 10 years you can often lose track of who you are what you want to say where you want to say it um, and lose yourself and I think today and it's been it's taking a while but I think these things you don't you can't say oh in two weeks we're gonna know what you know mm. um, so you know really asking ourselves because now it's not just me you know it's me and my team mm -hmm. um, do you like working with a team I love working with the team and I also I'm getting better at you know calling my friends and being like not just for a coffee and be like, you know, because I have amazing people around me and be like, hey, I'm thinking of that. Do you want to participate? And so like tonight I'm meeting with a few friends and we're being doing like a kind of brainstorm think tank type of thing. Yeah. Um, I think it's it's important to um, take a, a little bit of distance and remember like what you want to do, what's important for you. And as a you know, as a content maker or a storyteller, as well as, as a Storyteller sounds person. better than content maker. Yeah, but <laughs> I, at the same time, like I, um, I know what you're saying, because content <laughs> looks like a, it's, you know, you got to put something into something. It's a monster that's right? always hungry and you must feed that content monster well, constantly. I mean, I don't know how much you want me to get into that, <laughs> but I decided a few years back that we were not going to do that. Uh, we don't post a million times on the blog every mm -hmm, day mm -hmm. like it's really a, also like a a point of view that i'm trying to you know and i i, I, I like that i'm with it i'm with it yeah. i mean yeah and we're able to do i think you know more it's also i mean it's all a question of like the lifestyle you want what type right. of team do you want to be refinery 29 or mm -hmm. you know girls it's totally different and i think they do an amazing work but it's like 300 people or something. Right, and it's and just I like, what works for you? Yeah, exactly, you know? exactly. So if you don't ask yourself this question, these questions at a moment, you probably lose yourself. Yeah, I would imagine like the work suffers too when you try to be someone you're not. The work will suffer when you want to be there for a long time. Right. Anyway, you will have time where you're not doing as amazing. You will have times where you're tired. You will have times where your team is not as good. You will have time where your team is amazing and you're having a great moment. I just think it's also accepting that. I think today there is such a culture of success and like I I think we have to be careful with the ideals we put in each other and and uh, I think, you know, it's so important to ask ourselves what 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 does success mean to me not to everyone like you know I don't necessarily want to I don't know like I don't necessarily want to be that you know crazy businesswoman right. and you know build this and build that and have not necessarily there is some things that I really want to do but I always think about okay when you're in 10 years 10 years from now what will you have wanted to do? And, you know, life is so short. And I I think of myself, and I, that's been a long work for me, but I do think of, my, of myself as an artist and a storyteller. And that's probably what I will be better at doing. And life being so short, you know, you have to decide. Because else 10 years go very fast and you've yeah. been doing businesses. And which is cool and creative and nice. I actually also like to do that. But at some point you have to 
no, you know, maybe somebody, I can find somebody else to do the business and I can do my artistic side. I want to paint, you know, mm -hmm. there's so many things I want to do. So that's great. Garance Duray, <laughs> thank you so much. You're very welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much.